All powers to an oppressed. All powers to an oppressed people. African power to an African people. It's your brother Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party, uh, Independence Black Talk Radio. Sorry that I had a little delay coming on, trying to get everything together. You know, as as one of my favorite quotes, as you always hear me saying, the work of a revolutionary is never quite done. Today, I'm excited about our show with um, everything that's going on. And the, ty- and the topic of our show is black revolutionary womanhood, the need to set an example. I think why I think a show like this is super important and prayerfully, I guess, will come on whom I'm looking forward to, which is our community liaison, our liaison officer, Minister Khadija, um, out of California, and the People's New Black Panther Party National Minister of Health, Minister uh, Shamita McCoy, hoping that they will come on and uh, are be able to come on and lend their expertise, their experience as being revolutionary black women. Now, why is this important? I think that it's important, especially in this time in the what we're going to see is a resurgence of white, white supremacist attitude, white supremacist ideology. And with this white supremacist attitude and white supremacy ideology, we understand that the white man, historically, proven and shown that he hates his woman. And due to the effect of colonization, slavery, and the uh, other horrendous things that have happened to us as a people, we have taken on this mentality. We've taken on a misogynistic mentality, a sexist uh, understanding, and an over- masculine, macho, machizo type of um, way and type of air by ourselves. We begin to regulate our our women to certain positions. We begin to be very misogynistic. When you turn on the television or you turn on a lot of the videos and things of that nature, you see our women have just been um, uh, objectified as sex objects. So this is a very important thing, and how does this? And and not only why is this important? Because what it begins to do is that when you see our women like this, it starts to set the cultural norm. It starts to set the moral and ethical behavior of our women. And me being a father of a fourteen-year-old girl, this concerns me. This was one of the reasons that I decided to have this show and and allow this show to be this topic. I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Maine. Uh, this last past week and spent some time with my 14-year-old daughter. And I was just, I was pleasantly surprised at how intelligent becoming. Um, she's a young lady of faith who still holds to her uh, Islamic belief and traditions and just super intelligent, super wonderful, just a very dynamic personality, great character, just a splendid child to be around. And I couldn't be more pleased to be a father. But what I did as we discussed and I started to ask, about her dreams and her ambitions. You know, they were so, um, it was like the answers that she would tell me were just almost like programmed answers. They were like answers that you would expect a young lady to say. You know, and for a woman of so much, for a young lady to be so intelligent and so just energetic and a person that thinks outside of the box, I was surprised at her prospects for the future. So it begins with me. It, it, it started me thinking about a lot of our young ladies. You know what I'm saying? Not just their prospect in the future, but what is their role that they play in developing this future? Not just for themselves, but for the advancement and liberation of African people. And 
how are they affected? You know, how does this thing of not just fighting white supremacy, but fighting a black man? We have to admit it, man. I mean, we have to admit this. And I'm not going to turn to be one of those brothers. And anybody that knows Chairman Yanga knows I'm not one of those brothers that come out and like to man bash and over glorify any people, women or men. But just stating facts, actual factuals, you know, and we have to admit that we have regulated our women to certain roles. Or if not regulating them to certain roles, we have screamed, you know, the black goddess, mother of the universe, queen of civilization, so much without it, um, um, without really providing any any structure or guidance on exactly what that means or exactly what that entails. What does that mean to be the mother of civilization, goddess of the universe? Does just because they're born to women, are, are they already falling into that, or is that something that has to be coached and motivated by other women? Is there responsibilities? Are there um, rules and regulations to be a goddess of the universe, mother of civilization? Are they uh, um, adequate enough to be a woman? So all of these are questions that um, preferably we'll be able to hope, uh, preferably we'll be able to ask the sisters. And this is why I don't think that there are any better people to talk about their plight than the people that have to go through that plight. You know, so these are some of the things that, that we'll be talking about and our show will be on. And what we look forward to uh, addressing. We have our beloved minister on with us now. Minister Khadija. I opened your line up. You, you're live on the mic, you know, to go on and start the discussion with us. Can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't have anything to say just yet. I just wanted to let you know I was on here. Okay, and we'll wait for and and sister uh, minister Shamita, when you come on, just press one, and then I'll open your mic up. So with that though, so they, these are some of the things. And minister, these right you on. I know you don't have anything to say right now, but you and I can start the discussion. You know about how and the discussion is revolutionary black women. A revolutionary black womanhood. You know how that how what does that look like? What exactly what is that? You know, Sister Minister uh, Shamita. Is this three one three three six two? Is that was that last three six one zero? Your mic is open. Oh, peace. Can y'all hear me? Peace. Peace, Queen. Peace, Minister. How y'all doing? Well, well, well. well. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on to the show because I think this is a very serious topic that has to be addressed. If we're going to go any yeah. further with our movement, then we definitely um, have to address every issue that plagues our house as African people in America. Mhm. Yeah. This topic is, so, is very much needed to be spoken on. Um, for me, um, launching the Goddess Project, or to be launching next month, um, is a project that I have been um, cultivating for the last year or so, um, wondering what to do, how can we reach as many young sisters as we can. Um, this project is going to be based for women, young women um, from 7 to 17. And I, I chose that that age group because during that time, during this time, this is a time where um, young girls 
are forming ideas, they're forming their um their their uh, thoughts on the world, their views on what they think, you know, they're blossoming. And it's very much needed. And something that you did say earlier when I was listening was that the women, girls, young women, they need to be taught certain things by women. Just as we as women cannot teach brothers how to be men, a man cannot teach a, a woman how to be a woman. That's something that's our job. That's what we are here to be put for. That's why they are created. We're nurturers, you know, and certain things that young women must know. And I, I'm seeing a lot of young sisters out here that are hurt. They they are misled. They are, they're lost. And the reason they're lost is because they haven't had a woman's training. They haven't had proper training. Their their self esteem is gone. And another thing that kind of touched my spirit is when you spoke on the dreams. Because I always tell young sisters, dream big. Don't just settle for small dreams. Dream big. Dream big as you can can possibly imagine. It's so important that you have dreams and you share those dreams and you start setting goals towards those dreams. You know, at least have some type of goals. And a lot of these young sisters, they have no goal. They have no thought on what they're going to do the next, not even forget next week or next year, they don't even know what they're going to do tomorrow, later on tonight. You know, there's so many lost sisters out here and they're chasing, chasing something because they're missing something. And what it is that they're missing is, is, is that that seed that's planted that we, we should be given as mothers. Because, again, we are mm-hmm. nurturers. And so let me ask we are responsible. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, was there any one particular thing, was there an incident or an occurrence, what inspired exactly what is the Goddess Project and what inspired it? Was it any one, like, um, specific issue or incident that made you say, hey, you know what, our young women need to be mentored? Just life. Just mm-hmm. looking at, looking and interacting with sisters. Seeing how they mm-hmm. speak, how they act, how they think, the way, the, the things that they do, you know, it's sad. And this is a generation after generation. I've been at the same place of employment for a decade, and I've seen the cycle. The same thing, the same thing, the same thing. There's nothing being good. These children are not being nurtured by mothers because they themselves have not been nurtured. They don't know how to be a mother. You know, they don't understand how to do this. You know, this is this is a job in itself, but we have to work. When are we going to parent our daughters? When are we going to be able to spend time with them and teach them and listen to them and talk to them and find out what's going on? Who are they friends? Why are you mm-hmm. with these people? Who are who, who do you speak with? Do you check their social media? Do you know what your children are doing on there? You know, I see so mm-hmm. much, so much mm-hmm. wrong, wrong things, the wrong things, women chasing the wrong things, and it's, it's sad. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just sad, you know. And then you hear brothers, you know, I have four brothers. You know, and, I, and I've seen how they treated women. I've seen how they speak about women when they're not in a presence. And it's not good. It's, it, it's, so, not a good, it's not a good thing. Hmm. So for me, the so Goddess with, Project is basically um, us giving them self-empowerment tools, self-esteem, right. giving them some type of dreams, allowing them to be, allowing them to, you know, just have a form of sisterhood. We don't even have that anymore. No one knows how to be in a sisterhood, how to be a sister. So those are the things that I want to teach them. 
Right on. So let me ask you, sisters, since we have the sisters on the line, and there again, this is uh, your brother, Chairman Yangle, People's Black Panther Party, Independence Talk Radio. You know this is a radio station for the people, by the people. This is your radio station. We have our liaison officer, Minister Khadija. We have the People's New Black Panther Party, National Minister of the Health, Minister Shamita. And here's your opportunity to ask questions to get that valuable information and experience and, and input from two sisters who are actually in the struggle. Let me ask you this, sisters. So we know that during, you know, history and historically, um, from the perspective of Africans in America, we have had very strong women, going back to Fannie Lou Hammer uh, um, and, you know, on up to the Elaine, um, Elaine, um, Elaine Browns and, and Kathleen Cleavers and so on and so much. What do you think happened from then? to now to make where we're not producing that type of, and this is no slight, you know, we're going to get real and rugged on here, you guys, um, that are producing that caliber of revolutionary black woman. What what do you think has taken place? Well, for me, and just so I can just clarify that question that you're asking, you're saying um, the difference between the struggle then of the women then and the women now, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the struggle, I wouldn't think the struggle is that much different. I don't know. But, yeah, why why aren't we producing that type of um, revolutionary vigor and fire in the sisters then as compared to now? And, again, I can say that uh, answer we, for we me would be, be. Mm-hmm. Would, would be life, you know. A lot of times, um we wouldn't. We're always going through the same thing. We, the struggle has not changed for us, especially for the black woman. None of these things have changed. Um, what happened was I feel that we left that civil rights struggle. We left that struggle to go along and go with the feminist movement and, and, and march and take on their cause. And we, we forgot about our basics here. We forgot here at home where we should have been. We should have never left that group, that civil rights group, to go with these feminist groups. We should have never done that. Um, and then we started wanting to work. We want to work. We want to be out of the home. You know, we, we forgot how to be women because we were so busy trying to get the equal rights to be equal with a man and and earn the same wages and do that. And those are all necessary things that, you know, it should be equality amongst the um, sexes. But what I'm saying is we forgot to um, be home. We have we, we never home. How can you parent something or be something and have that fire that mm. you had when you're so busy working? You're so busy taking care of other things outside of the home that you forget about the problems at home and children are raising themselves now. So if mm-hmm. nothing was passed down, if uh, once Fannie Lou Hamer passed away, if, if her knowledge and stuff wasn't passed down and her traditions wasn't passed down, it you know, and it, it trickled down generation to generation to generation where they don't even know who this woman is any longer. You know, it's women that they don't know who Kathleen Cleaver is. They don't know who Elaine Brown is. They don't know who Tamika is. You know, it, it's, it's sad because we don't teach it. We don't know it. So we can't, we can't teach what we don't know. Yeah. You know, we let TV yeah. raise us. We let the media raise our children. We, we let the media tell us what's a, a standard of beauty. This is a standard of beauty. Not wearing your own hair natural, not being natural, wearing tons of makeup to look like this white woman or to look European, you know? Why mm-hmm. is that? 
you know, I asked that question another day. I was watching some videos, and I'm like, wow, there's not one chakra system in the video. Not one. They all mm. look the same. Why is that? Mm. What, was it? what is that telling my daughter who, who's brown, who's dark, who's darker skin? What is that telling her about her own self? Yeah. You know, who, yeah. do we, who, do, who do she have to look up to? You know, besides uh, me, if it wasn't for me. That's why it's so important what you're saying. Women, we must be the example for our daughter. We have to, once you become a parent, everything in your life changes. Once you become a mother, I don't care how old you are, your life changes. You have to be an example because they're always looking at you. They're, they're soaking up everything you do. If they see that you don't clean up, they're not going to clean up. If you don't teach them yeah. that, if they don't see if they see you with the man, this man, that man, that man, what, guess what they're going to do? You know, I always mm. tell brothers that. Women were never, I don't know, a woman alive that was born a bitch. I don't know a woman alive <laughs> right that was born a hoe. Yeah. I don't know a woman alive that was a thought, chicken head, or whatever, mm. whatever derogatory meaning that they call it. You know, women are called and labeled these things by men and sisters as well. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. That's some and real. It's allowed and it's funny. Yeah. I don't get it. But that's real. Problem. I don't get it. So let me, I just let don't me get ask, it. Let me ask this. Sister Minister Khadija, did you want to, before I go on with another question, did you want to come in and shine? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think she pretty much said it pretty much all. Well said. Well said, sister. Yeah, right. Let me ask this then, because I was listening to one of your radio programs, and I noticed you had said on your radio program, Minister Shamita, that you were, um, that the feminist movement was a detriment to the black women, and 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 I thought that was very profound. I said, "Wow, it's a heavy statement." So let me ask: How did the feminist movement gain so much ground amongst our black women? Because, like it always is, we want to fit in with them. We want to take mm-hmm. that struggle on. Oh, you know what? We are, because we always were like that. You know, white women were oppressed just as much as, as black women were. But the main thing is mm. they were allowed to keep their 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 own cultural identity. You know, they felt protected. Black women have never been, never felt protected. We were never. Never have we. Even today, black women are not protected. We mm. are, we, we, man, it's, it's, what do you mean? it's sad. Can you, can you break but, that down a little bit for us? But by what I mean by being protected, we only have ourselves to defend ourselves. We have to depend on us to to defend ourselves. Why is it that 50 years ago we were still talking about uh, violence, domestic violence, dating violence? Why are we still talking about women being raped? Why is it 500, over 500 rape kits that have not been tested? Mm. They're sitting in the warehouse. Mm. Why is it that when you when a woman is raped, it's her fault. Wow. It's her. It's it's something that's wrong with her. Is is it's her? What were you wearing? What were you doing? How much were you drinking? Never the man's fault. It's always the woman's fault. This is why so many sisters do not report being raped. They do not feel protected. Mm. The first thing they protection do is attack the sister's character. Yeah, protection by who? Protection by the state, or protection by? Um, and in the case of African women or black women um, in America, protected by the black brotherhood. By brotherhood, by the state, 
by local, by anything. I, I truly feel that way. We were never protected, and we still are not to this day. The laws are not meant for us, whether it's in health care, whether it's in housing, mm-hmm. whether it's in employment, or whatever other institution or anything that you can think of. They, we are, it's barriers put up where women, black women are not being protected. It's so much... Mm-hmm. So much molestation and sexual abuse and violence abuse and it's so much, so much going on. No one's saying anything. Everyone, these women are silent because they have no one to turn to. They have nowhere to wow. go. You go to the police, they're not going to do nothing. Give you a funky right. piece of paper and tell you move on out your way. Meanwhile, that paper don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. I've seen my right. best friend, her head was blown off because she didn't want to be with a man and she tells him to leave, and she had a protection order, and he blows her head off while she's holding her newborn baby. Her newborn baby never met her mama. These are the types of things that's going on with sisters, you know, and, and we were all going through that. Even the white women were going through those things. But they still mm-hmm. had laws to sort of protect them, but they made it our yeah. business because they do that all the time. Just like whenever, whenever white people got something going on, they always, Slide, come come on, blacks. We 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 gonna come on in. The challenge yeah. is they they make us do these things to forget and make us think, yeah, you can be one of us. You are, don't don't stop thinking you can't be one of us. You can't just work a little bit harder. Do this, just do that, and that's what they do. Sooner as they're done with us, they kick you on out the door. Ida B. Wells, Absolutely. she's a perfect example. Ida B. Wells. She was working with the suffrage movement, helping them, getting them going on. As soon as they get this big, giant march going on, they tell her, she can't, oh, you can't be with us. Mm-hmm. But she was helping develop those policies and those procedures to take to the law, to the state, to have it changed. She was right there with, with Alcott. What's her name? The, the Alcott, Elisa Alcott lady. She was right there with her all the way up until it was time to march in, march in front of the people. Mm-hmm. You got to go in there with the niggas. Yep. But she was so gangster, she's like, no. Nah. I'm sliding in right in here with my delegates, right here with y'all, because she's been there. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. It distracted mm-hmm. us from what was the main thing, and that was supposed to be getting our rights. We can worry about getting our rights from our men later, but right now we should have been in the, in the standing right next to them. Regardless of whatever our other business is, we should have been there, and we weren't. So it's, it's because what's funny is I'm seeing so many strong black women, you know, um, succumbing to this feminist movement thing. And so, you know, you would think that they would have the same sentiment. So what is it that when we talk about protection, and I hear the sisters talking about protection, and I have to say, not making excuses for brothers, but in a lot of it isn't by design. A lot of it isn't by choice. Some of it has been a uh, system, you know, it has been programmed. It's been a program for us to because black men historically, when they have stood up, have been murdered by white men. And a lot of our women, like them being strong women and loving their black men, actually soften their children. They would tell us not to look that white man in the eyes. Don't back talk that white man. Don't do this. That white man will kill you. Isn't that? So they soften a lot of the brothers. And, and a lot of that, like anything in the DNA, a lot of it passed down. So you got some of these Negroes that are scary. And some of these Negroes, unfortunately, have taken on the colonizers and the oppressors' mentality. And I know you can't tell me anything history bears witness that this cracker doesn't like his women. Like I always say, he mm-hmm. goes so far 
in, in, in our African spirituality, you know, like me, I believe in the divine masculine and the divine feminine. I believe in my act. I understand that there has to be a balance. But this white man, he will tell you the father, the son, and he won't give it a holy mother, but he'll give him a holy ghost. You know what I'm saying? He will not put that woman, any contact with that woman in his thing. So he does it, you know, it's just in his, in his, in his or her, you know, in his nature not to like his women. But when we talk about protection and the black man, and I'm going to speak about, you know, the, the group that we belong to, not protecting his women or standing up for his, his women, what are some of the things that you as a black woman, a revolutionary black woman, would like to see or would deem as protective? Well, for that, I would say for the brothers to be up there and stand up, when you see that a sister's being done wrong, respect. First of all, we have to have respect. We don't even have respect. We don't. We don't have the, the man doesn't respect himself or his woman, and the woman is not respecting herself or the man. But we have mm. to have some type of mutual respect. You can't have. You cannot have a masculine and not have a feminine. There does have to be That's some type of a balance. But the thing is, there's no. It's no. This thing is balanced because we're not respectful. You know, everyone does what they want to do. Everyone thinks that you know when you you speak to them and say, "Hey, don't treat that sister like that." Oh, she a hoe. She did. She that. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, but at the same time, what you could have done was, what you could have done was took that time and taught her something. Maybe told her that wasn't right. Maybe correct her. Call correction. Mm-hmm. Can we correct one another without getting upset or getting mad? Can we constructively criticize something, a behavior? Let's modify what we're doing. Let's modify that sister. That's not what we do. We don't go around exposing our bodies like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because for some women, that's all they seen. For some women, you know, that's all they seen. Let's have that. Let's get back to the to the black men respecting the woman. Let's get back okay. to to working with each other. Get get back to loving each other. Check. Don't be afraid to check your brother. Don't be afraid to check his sister. Don't say it ain't your problem. Let's not worry about it. How is it that a man, one man, raped all of these women, and no brothers was outraged, no brothers was out there looking for them, no one was holding these men accountable? Why is it that two elderly women were raped and, and gagged and bound in their home, ransacked and raped in their eighties. Wow. And you know who was wow. out there looking for them? Women. Who's that? What women. Is in Detroit? Black women. This is in Detroit. Black wow. women. Kicking mm-hmm. indoors, looking, asking questions. Very few men were involved. Wow. That's so the what type is, of protection you, when I'm speaking on that. Mm-hmm. What do you yes, think sir. caused this divide? What What do you think caused this this lack of respect for our black women and you know created this divide to where we have so much apathy, where we're just so removed from the well-being, psychological and the physical, spiritual well-being of our black women? What 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 are some of the things that contribute to that and keep on perpetuating this mentality? Oh, it's a lot of things we got. First of all, we got this religion ideology. You know, we we don't know the the correct pecking order on things. I always say, you know, I'm the neck and my brother is the head. My man is gonna be the head, and I'm the neck. But understand, you can't move without the neck. The head cannot move without the neck. Therefore, I am a vital piece in this family unit. 
I'm, I'm, I'm a very vital piece. So we have to learn how to work together. We have to learn how to get back to again loving each other, and just I, it's just so much. Yeah, I just got so much like this thought is just. So if I ramble a little bit, y'all forgive me. Um, we have religion. Um, we had drugs. Introduction to crack cocaine. You know, that was a lot of things that ruined the family structure. Not only did it take away a lot of black men away from the homes that were fathers, that were vital to the neighborhood, that were actually helping patrol these streets and, and checking the brothers and sisters when they was wrong, that weren't afraid, you know. But they started selling, you know, crack, started doing the guns, you know. They started, um, the women, they started not caring about life anymore. They either were selling it or using it, you know. So, so it was, it was that, you know. It was that, um, the the aid, you know. It made us say we don't need no man. And again, the feminist movement helped that along too. You know, that's why it's so dangerous for black women even be saying that they want to be feminist. How could you say you don't want a man? You don't need a man. You do need a man. I'll never say I don't need a man. I mean, say some of y'all ain't, ain't too much good, but I'll never be like, I ain't, I don't need a man. I need a man. You right. know? <laughs> so it, it's like a hodgepodge of things. Mm-hmm. This is my so opinion. It's a hodgepodge of things. So what would be some of the things that you would say to, like when we watch a, like one of the things that I notice, you know, and you see it on Facebook or you see it in the videos, and you see how women being objectified and, Sexual objects, but it all, but it is the women participating in that. You know what I'm saying? What would you say to sisters that you know that do that? That that do out of video fictions or um, pose scantily is, is that I think that's the word they use scantily clad. You know, basically mm-hmm. dress half naked and stuff like that. What would you say to the sisters that are doing that? And why do you think that that's such a dominant? You know, that's so dominant in our society now. Because again. Black women have always been hyperly and overly sexualized, objectified by white men, black men, Chinese men. It's just been that way since Sarah Barton. You know, we we just we we've been like that because we are beautiful. We are, you know, we 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 just beautiful humans. We're beautiful. I don't care if you're light skin, red bone, whatever. You, we're beautiful. Black women are just beautiful. Um, and again, it goes to your self-esteem. What you, what, what kind of principles were instilled in you? What kind of values were instilled in you? How much do you value yourself? How much do you really actually love yourself? Because if you loved yourself, we a lot of things we wouldn't allow brothers to say we we do for the these brothers. We wouldn't do. We wouldn't be out here running around half naked. Showing, talking about camel toe and injecting your injecting your butts with silicone in back alleys, not even doing it, or dancing on a pole to get this money to to get these all these different enhancements because the brothers say they like it. Because you think this is what brothers like. Yeah. I can remember a time when they was like when butts was found upon. Oh, she got a big butt, and all of a sudden people going out spending thousands of dollars, getting and risking their lives to enhance something that was already. A beautiful thing I was given. Why women been wanting that? That's when they had those petticoats and the corsets and all of that because they wanted to emulate the black woman's body. Look mm. how they emulate so it's, it's self-esteem. So it's self-confidence. Yeah, so we have to get back to it. 
we don't value, no. If we did a lot of things, we wouldn't do. And if brothers wouldn't go for it, a lot of things that, that they think that y'all, that y'all like, man, we wouldn't do it. We, we just wouldn't do it. We wouldn't be running around here with your ass cheeks hanging out. You ain't got no clothes, and you just outside in the bar just naked. And then when a brother grab you or disrespect, disrespect towards you, you mad. But look look what you objecting yourself. Look how you presented yourself. Your appearance. Yeah. This is the first thing. This is what he thinks of you when he says, oh, I can do whatever I want for her. Oh, I'm going to have a good time with her. He's not thinking wife material. He's not thinking about, let me see what's on her, man. That's the first thing he's going to do. He's going to do that. He wow. doesn't think you even love yourself because if you love yourself, you wouldn't have, first of all, you wouldn't even be outside like that. You wouldn't be outside in a dress that looked like it's for lingerie. It's supposed to be in the bedroom. You just wouldn't be outside like that, not exposing yourself right. like that because you're, you're, that's your temple. This is sacred. Right. Now, is this you know? see some of the things that the um, Goddess Project, the inauguration of the Goddess Project is going to be talked about. What are some of the things that you're going to be mentoring the young ladies on? Oh wow, I got so much, so many ideas and so many things. It's like growing every day. Um, some of the things I'm going to be talking about is is self-esteem issues. Why do we have these ways? Why do you feel like your hair is not? Um, why do you feel like you need to wear a weave? Or why do you feel like you need to do this? You know, we're going to be doing um, hygiene, community service. Community service um, will consist of um, cleaning up some neighborhoods. We're going to adopt some neighborhoods. We're going to um, grow a garden. We're going to build a garden, and we're going to grow some things on this garden. Um, and one of the first lecture things that we're going to put on for the inauguration is basically uh, just speaking about it and getting to know each other. And I'm going to do some things with some herbs, um, maybe a cooking demonstration, some hair wrapping. Um, getting some, you know, talking, seeing what the young ladies want to talk about, what's on their agenda. I want to be able to talk to some of the older sisters about domestic violence, what's dating violence, signs of those things, you know, how to spot that, how to avoid that. If you can, because, Mm -hmm. again, people, you know, I want to build their self-esteem up. I want to give them a confidence. I want them to know how to go to um, balance a, a checkbook. I want them to know about budgeting. I want them to know how to present themselves when they go into a place of business and ask for a job. I want them to be able to create their own jobs. I want them to be able to go in and, and learn about credit for things that, you know, women should know, people should know, all black women should know, you know, how to cook certain things, how to use herbs to heal your body, which herbs to use to to eat for the end, you know, for your reproductive. What's the purpose for your reproductive? Why is it so important that you take care of it? Why is it so important that you hold off on sex? You know, those are going to, all of these things are going to be topics that are going to, going to be discussed. Um, and for some of the young ladies, I would like to take them to um, out of state somewhere, you know, go on a weekend trip somewhere, you know, just so that they can get out because there's people, children that have never been out of the city of Detroit. Detroit is all they know. This is the world that they know. These they they six block radius, or they two mm. mile radius. That's all they know. You know, I want them to experience things. Do you plan mm-hmm. on Do you plan on making this a national project? Eventually, expanding it outside of the uh, Detroit or Michigan area. Oh no! Yes, I definitely think that this is a need in every state. 
every space you have a goddess project, even if you don't call it the goddess project. You can call it whatever you right. want, but I just believe that we are we as women we have a responsibility to, to grab these young sisters between the ages of seven and fourteen. But I know it's some some um, sisters that need some help, you know, along the way. That's why I said seven to seventeen. But that seven to fourteen is so vital because again, this is when they're developing, they're growing, you know, and it's certain things that they're going to need to know. There's certain things that they're going to discuss, you know, things that they they need to discuss. And and what will make it even more unique is parent participation. Mm-hmm. You must have parent participation. Moms must come out, you know, come in, come in, get some political education, get some history, you know, learn something with their daughter, bond with their daughter, you know, because a lot mm-hmm. of times we forget we were kids. You know, once we get up there, we forget how, you know, I forgot when I was 14. You know, you, you think you wasn't doing this, but you actually were. You know, we forget that. You forget that that you know young ladies are gonna be interested in boys, you know. They're gonna be interested in boys. They're gonna be curious, so they need to be able to talk. You need to have open dialogue. So I, I want this project to be national. Um, I was just reading an article, I think, in the Miami Herald today about a young sister, uh, sixteen. It, it hurt my feelings so bad because she was depressed. She was sad, and the social workers that were there, she was a foster, in the foster care system. This is the last all hope that she hung herself live on Facebook. Mm. After weeks of the of the weeks and weeks and weeks, she was supposed to be the foster care system was supposed to be in contact with this lady, this your sister, this, you know, to check on her to find out, and no one knew how deeply depressed. We hold a lot of stuff. We hold a lot of stuff as women. You know, and sometimes a lot of these young women, they see a lot of stuff that they shouldn't see. No one, not even adults should see that, but they've seen us. I'm talking seven years old. I'm talking seven yep. years old. That the light in, the, in they, them babies' eyes is gone because that's how much hurt and stuff that they've seen and so much abuse that they've just seen in seven short years. Seven mm. short years, you, you know. It's sad that you, when you can see an eight-year-old then lost the light in her ass and she just then lost all hope. This sister was 16. She has so much life left in her, so much that she, yeah, she gave up yeah, on life. Yeah. I don't yeah. never, never want another little sister to do that, to feel like she got to give up on life because she don't have, she's not equipped to deal with things emotionally. She's not equipped because she don't have no outlet. She don't have nobody. I, that's, it, this project is so very important to me, y'all. It, it's so very important to me. Yeah, and that I, is. I, do, that, I, want, that is right. I just want that's everybody right. to, um, you know, start one. You know, you don't even have to start as big. Start with one. Just pick one sister and adopt her. Take her to the movies. Take her to get her nails done. You know, the little stuff make make people feel so good. Just that she can come down and knock on the door. She having a bad day. She arguing with her auntie or whoever she living with, mama or whoever. She can just come knock on your door and you invite her in. Come on in. Give her a sandwich or something and she tell you what's going on. She might not be able because she feels she can't talk to her mom. Hmm. It don't cost much wow. to make somebody day. Make some, change a life. Plant a seed. It don't cost nothing. Time. Everybody can make time for something. That is tragic. That is tragic. You're, listen, you're listening to um, Independence Black Talk Radio, the People's Black Panther Party. 
I'm your host, Chairman Yang Nkrumah. We have our liaison officer, Minister Khadija, on, and the People's New Black Panther Party, National Minister of Health, Minister Shamita, talking about the Goddess Project, Project and Black Revolutionary Womanhood and the need to set that example. If you have any questions, comments, and opinions, please press 1. We'll open your mic up. We love to hear from you. We love to hear your take. This is your talk radio and your opportunity to get those questions answered and the things you like to know. Minister Shamita, let's find out a little bit about you and, and go into a little bit about, you know, um, not just your current lifestyle, but I'd like to know what introduced you to the revolutionary movement. What made you say, hey, you know what, I need to be involved with the direction that my people are going in, and especially coming from a woman's perspective. I know, you know, I've been in this thing a long time. I mean, you know, actually old enough of the age of, 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 of cognizance where I could make my own decisions I've been in a long time, but actually was born in it, and I know one of the strongest revolutionary women I'd ever seen was the mother, from packing pistols to political education. But what inspired you? to come into this and say, I need to be a part of what's going on in my community locally, nationally, and internationally? Well, um, it was like steps and levels to it. Um, my mother, she wasn't like a all-out panther, but she did believe in giving back and giving to your community. So for me and my sister growing up, that was a must. You must participate in something. Our family was consistent of whether we were um, involved in some local passing out flyers for a local um, election coming up, a school board person, or, you know, we it was just something. You had to do something. Uh, you mm-hmm. didn't sit around. Um, the second part was maybe me, um, my love of reading. I love reading. Um, and I would read any and everything about, you know, anybody black people, Richard White, uh, right, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, but the book that changed my life for me was The Sada, Daughter Bible, Silver Sada. That's my, she's my she-ra. Um, mm-hmm. She changed my life. And I'm like, wow, you can be smart. You can, you know, this woman is, is smart, and these, these people can do some things to you when they want to. Like, um, and... I can say I was, like, probably, like, 80, 88, 89. This is a sad bar. Um, the police came and raided a home that we were living in. Mm-hmm. And they did it unlawfully. I was about maybe 12, 10, 11, 12, one of those. And they violated me. So I was a, um adult. They had a man cop broke at me, um, threw me in the back of a car, you know, they came in with, you know, I've never seen these things, battle rounds and these machine-type guns, and, you know, they ran through the house and broke everything, and then when they didn't find anything, hey, you can leave. You know, and I'm like, why would the cops do this to me? And I'm young, and, you know, they tell, I'm telling them, I'm, you know, they're like, you lying, you lying, you lying, you know, and it was just like a complete violation for me, so that was like one of my parts that I hated. Um, mm. And it was just like, again, a gradual thing. Um I was raped when I was a teen, and uh, the police let the guy walk. Wow. Nothing I could do about it. It was, you know, I can do that. Um, And I'm like, if it's happening to me, I know it's happening to other people. 
other women, you know, and then I started seeing all of the Rodney Kings and, you know, things of that nature. Um, so I've always had, like, pieces of, I've I just always been revolutionary and I always was like, I'm going to be a panther, 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 you know. I will read anything by Angela, anything by the Panthers, anything about the Panthers. I was just, like, obsessed, became, like, an obsession for me. And, again, like, Asada was just, like, she just stuck out. Um, Betty Shabazz, she is the mm-hmm. perfect example for me as of a revolutionary woman. Never ever mm-hmm. life. You know, these women stood and shared their husbands and shared shared that their loved one with the world. Then they were murdered and mowed down, and these women sat up and stayed classy and stayed regal, and I, and I wanted to be that. I wanted that example. I didn't want it, you know, I didn't want to see my mama working hard trying to catch this bus here and catch this bus there. You know, my mom, my mom I was I was blessed to have a mother that gave me the equipment to be a woman. She was mm-hmm. because she was raised by a woman. You understand what I'm saying? So um for me it was always I gotta fight for my people, fight for my people. You know, everybody always would be like, Oh you crazy or you this or you know, I was always politically thinking and always, you know, thinking the outside of my room, above my room, where I can have an adult conversation and I'm 11 years old, but I can hold a conversation and I understood what politics was because I was a reader. So I've mm-hmm. always been been that way. But, um, like, you know, it's just been episodes of things that really had gotten me, like, revved up, you know, and it was times where I would be revolutionary one minute, you know, but then you creep back, oh, I'm, I'm tired of that, I want to do something different, you know, but I've always came back right. to, to my to my root because that's what, that's me. That's what, that's my ground, that's my, my root. I hold dearly to it. I love my people. I want us to be free. I want us to be liberated. I'm always up thinking about how can we do this? Why are we? Why are we like this? Why can't we? Why can't we get it together? What can I do? You know, besides the goddess part, I guess it's like it's always that forming things, asking questions, seeking knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, pretty much that's just me. Good. So, what, what, what would you say? What would you say was some of the, some of the biggest challenges you face in this movement? As far within, as far as from brothers and sisters within the movement and within the particular parties and from the out and from just the regular masses of African people? What are some of the biggest challenges you face? Well, and what so would your advice be say, within the movement? Um, okay, that's a good question. For in the movement, I haven't really had any, like, bad experiences with organizations. I've never really attached myself. Um, to organization um, prior into about three years ago, maybe I've always just like worked in coalitions with different groups. So I didn't, I've never had really like a bad experience. Um, I was with another form, previous foundation, um, and I loved it. I loved what they stood for. I loved it, but the organization just wasn't suited for me because of misogyny and things, other things that was going on that I just didn't agree with, so I just chose to leave, you know. But I do love what they, you know, their work that they were doing and the, the things that they do, but I, it's just, that group just not for me. Um, as far as with the people who like Panther Party, I've had nothing but great experience with it. Um, 
I've never had, I, I don't even think I've had any, like, issues or problems or anything. The majority of the problems that, I you know, I receive from that is from people who are not in the movement, who don't think it's, it's a necessity or who think it's, oh, we just a bunch of rubbish or we just a lot of yellers and, you know, they don't understand the work that we do. They don't understand. They think we just sit on the phone and conference calls or um just it's just not for them, or they always have something to say, you know. And then you know, because I I encounter that a lot from people that are not in the movement. Well, wait, why are you a panther? I ain't never seen no panther smear and blah blah blah. You know, I like well, maybe you're not in the places that we are in. Maybe if you come <laughs> outside of the bar, or come out the weed dispensary, come down here to this to this meeting right here, then you can see it. it, it it's it's a lot of us here. You know, Detroit is mm-hmm. very conscious. There's a lot of movements here. Uh, but they won't mm. know that if they don't come out and support things. You know, we don't support anything or, you know, we trendy. You know, we want to jump on the highest thing, you know, and that's why that's like one of the biggest things. Or people will say, well, uh, you a woman, you ain't supposed to be doing this and you got kids. And I'm like, yeah, but that's why I'm doing it. I don't want my daughter to have to go through the same things that I went through. This is absurd that we're still asking 50 years later, going on 51 years for the right for housing. We still asking for land and bread. This is absurd. We're asking for education, decent education, decent housing. Why? What mm-hmm. happened? Yeah. You should yeah. be mad about that too. You know, everyone should be upset. Everybody should be trying to join the Panther Formation. You won't necessarily have to join the People's New Black Panther Party, but you, everyone should be wanting to join a Panther organization. You know, they think we don't we don't do anything or uh, all y'all do is do food drives and clothes and drives. Where's the real work? But you never came to a political edu- political education. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you you scared to come to that. You know, because we out here. It's just Panthers everywhere. Everyone's born mm-hmm. a Panther. Yeah. You know, it's up you to know. you to do what you want. And I find, mm-hmm. as, as even as a brother, we find this, the same things. I get the same exact type of uh, response and same type of thing from a lot of the masses of the people, man. It's like, oh, what y'all doing? I don't see y'all. Where you at? You know, everybody's waiting for someone to come and save them. They're waiting on some type of black savior instead of participating in their own self-determination or their own self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. doing, taking on that spirit of doing for self and coming together collectively. So we find it the mm-hmm. same thing. So my question would be is what do you think are some steps that would inspire and motivate the people to start to participate in their own advancement, you know, in their own liberation struggle and not sitting there waiting on someone to do it for them? I'm going to tell you what it is. Example. You see the example. I always mm-hmm. tell people whenever I'm talking to them or whatever, it's fine with you and your community, right here, your family unit. You want to be revolutionary, the most revolutionary thing you can do. Take care of your family. Take care of your house. Clean up your right house. Up. Take care of your neighbor. Take care of the neighbor next to the left and the right. It used to be a time where you knew every single house. You can go to any house in six blocks and they knew you. And you can knock on their door and you can ask them for a cup of water or something. Nah, you don't need know you don't even know your neighbor's name to the left of you, to the right of you, or across the street. You don't even know them. 
Them yeah. should be your best friends. That's the best protection. Why is it that you don't clean the elders' yard? You know, that's that's what you can do. Be an example. Start doing that, making sure you clean, and then check them when they drop something on the ground. Pick that up. Put that in the garbage. Mm-hmm. We don't put that over here on our street. You know, we don't have this trash out here like that. Watch the kids. Get up. 30 minutes. Sit on your porch. Yeah. 30 minutes. By the time you drink your coffee or drink the fish. Hit the cigarette or smoke your blunt or whatever you do. The kids in school, but you the wise to make sure them kids ain't got to school. Mm-hmm. We all have a part. Everyone has a part. You might not be a part of the marches. You might not be part of the military military part. You might not even be with the down with the help. You might not be down with the black. We buy black. You know, it's so many different labels and so many things. But whatever you can contribute that's positive. You you do mm-hmm. on your part, and that's and that's, that's right. what I tell sisters. Be leery of you know you don't have to just just jump in. Know what you jumping into because a lot of times getting back to the feminist thing, sisters don't even know what really what feminists even mean. Mm-hmm. Feminists mean so much now, you know. They just jump on well, it. Oh, because it's for women. It's not. It's for yeah. white women. Well, break it down. Break break down the because, um, like I said, I listened to um, one of one one of your programs, the People's New Black. And by the way, you can check the People's New Black Panther Party programs out Wednesdays at eight o'clock, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, Wednesdays at eight o'clock. Check it out. Check out. Yeah, Wednesdays at eight. Check out um, the National, which I think it's hosted by the National Lieutenant Brother Arius Prime. Also co-hosted by the National Minister Holt, whom we have on with us today, uh, Minister Shamita McCord. I check it out, listen to it, check out my father, national spokesman, people's new black panther party. You know he's definitely gonna do his thing. Chairman Kahar be rock ripping the mic and always bringing that political education. So check it out if you yes. have the time. Yeah, no yes. doubt. No he doubt. Gotta, drops yeah. the jewels. I, I <laughs> that that's just like a, it's such an honor because like I learn so much and I sometimes I don't even wanna talk. I just wanna listen to him. Just just keep going, you know. He, yeah, he, that's a beautiful man right there. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's Pops. Definitely send a shout out to that to Pops. That is definitely his thing, man. Yeah, because um, he gives yeah, you so, the jewels, and I'm like, whoa, I ain't know about this one. When he bring out the book, he bring it. That's a history, walking living history book. You know, <laughs> it's just like wow, right. it's just so dope. Um, but basically, uh. Let me see. What do I want to know about? What y'all want about the feminists? There's like three waves of it. Um, we had the first wave, of course, was the women's suffrage movement. Um, the second movement was um, the right to, you know, the equality and the right to work and the right to choose about the birth control and, you know, all of those things. And that's when the black woman came in to that. Just a side note, you know, we were always supposed to have large families. Black black people, melanated, we were always supposed to have large families to help live on our legacy. You know, uh, birth is the second most important ceremony next to the death ceremony. So we were always supposed to do that. I'm going to tell you how bad this, this feminist and, and this, this white supremacy stuff then went. In Africa, over in certain countries, you know, women are receiving these depo shots and taking all of these birth control pills and not putting off having children. Mm. Putting off having children, 
because they say they want to go to school. They don't want to, you know, and they're not having as many as they need, but that's a necessity. And and they don't see the depopulization that's going on. They don't see it. Y'all know when we when we get abortions and we take these depo shots, ladies, let's just let me just get on those depo shots real fast. That's mm-hmm. poison that y'all putting into y'all body. Just so mm-hmm. y'all know, I don't understand why would you want to stop a natural process when you have your menstruation. That's your body's way of cleaning. The vagina, your yoni is a self-cleaning organ. Your menstrual mm-hmm. cycle is part of that. Why would you? Why would you put something in it to stop that? Because let's be honest, a lot of them don't take it because they don't want to have kids. They take it because they don't want to have a period so they can have sex as much as they want. No, the, That's the just the added bonus. Yeah. What's the name of it? you got to forgive that's my that's ignorance, that's man, coming from, coming from the brothers. And I'm, I'm probably going to speak for a lot of brothers out here, these brothers that's on the line now listening. Um, what's the name of the shot? And explain exactly how that works. It's called Defo Provera. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the, the um, scientific name it's called, but this is a 150-milligram shot that you take, and it stops your menstrual cycle, stops you from getting pregnant. So you, that's how you don't get pregnant. You don't have a menstrual cycle. Um, you get this shot every three months. The side effects to this is hair loss, extensive weight gain, um Bone deficiency, because a lot of women don't know that when you take this depo, ladies, your physician should be giving you a calcium and vitamin D pill because the depo mm. provera robs you of your bone, those minerals, those vital minerals, it robs you of that. Um, wow. And for the life of me, I don't understand. Why would you want this to is, in your body? And these things are FDA-approved? Yeah. I mean, They are FDA-approved and... Wow. I administer them on a daily basis to black women. Planned Parenthood stamp and approved. FDA approved. Wow. I don't wow. know if y'all remember the North Plant. You know, a lot of sisters was dying from these these North Plants injecting this this material, metal material being inserted in your arm to prevent pregnancy. I don't understand. If you don't want to have children, the best way not to have children is just to abstain from sex. Yeah. Just abstain. You know what? I remember the Nora plant, and this is not to put my sister out there, but I remember she had gotten one. And mm-hmm. when it was, I think it was, it lasts for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken, and when it was time yeah. to go get it out, they had to dig. They couldn't even get it out of her arm. They had to do so much digging in her arm. They have to do... Just, the surgery is going to be so expensive to remove it because sometimes it may not even have came out in time. A lot of times people forget. Like, we still get that today. And some of them, when they get them, although they're not the metal. But that metal will turn poisonous. And what it's going wow. to do is your body's going to react to it. And it's going to, of course, what it's going to, it's going to try to protect itself. And the scar tissue that's going up on it, on top, on top, on top. So when it's time, when someone finally agrees to even take these things out of these women's arms, it was like you had to, they put you, they had to put you to sleep and dig deep down just to grab it out. Where you skin, keloid, you know, all these wow. things. And a lot of women, and and sad enough for the death of Rivera, 
FDA, it's only FDA approved for you to have this shot no more than three years. Five is pushing it, but I've seen people that's been on it for 10, 15 years. They don't have any, man, it's just bad. This is what they do to y'all. This is what they do, you know? Like, okay, like, so if it's FDA approved for only a couple years, where are the doctors and mm-hmm. getting the authority to continue to keep going? Okay, they're not going to care about that. They're not going to ask you how long you've been on it. Uh, they should. Those are things that they should ask you. But, again, it, it goes on, why would you put something inside of your body and you haven't read the, and you haven't even read the inserted package? So you don't know what's in, you don't know what's in it. You don't know the side effects because it says it right there inside the insert in the package. You ask your pharmacist to give you that piece of paper. They come to sign and to tell you what it's made of, the compound is made of, and sisters, I want y'all to, to get that insert. Those who take it, get the insert and look at it. Research it. If you don't know the name of it, jot it down and Google it and find out. It'll tell you everything that's in it and everything that it's made of and why it's poisonous to your body. Mm. And then they're like, oh, I don't know why my stomach's so big. Because you got all that backed up toxic. Your yoni is screaming to get free. It's just backed up. And then they talking about they don't know why they got BV. Why is trichomone is so prevalent? Like, you got all this, this this toxins and tissues, and it's just backed up. Where is it going to go? It's yeah. supposed to come out every 28 days. Where is it going? Mm. Of course, it's in your tubes. It's in your stomach. It's in your abdomen. That's why the weight, hence the weight gain. And then when you come off of it or if you don't get the shot in time, you bleed for three, four months. That's not Mm. natural. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to be mindful of what what we allow people to tell us is okay. You know, they're committing genocide. They don't want us to produce beautiful black babies. If you know that you're not ready to be a parent, either you put on a condom every single time, if you got to double up, put two on, or you refrain from having sex until you are feeling like you're responsible enough to have a baby. But don't poison yourself and don't go to the abortion clinic and kill your baby because you yeah. feel like you don't have a choice. That's just ridiculous. We have, to, we have to start thinking critically, sisters. We have to. We have to start thinking critically because we yeah. gonna have another yet another lost generation of young sisters that don't know, have a clue or idea or how to navigate through life. Mm. It's, and it's so real, you know, brothers. You are the first relationship that your daughter is going to have with a man, father. Mm-hmm. Please don't forget about your little queen. You are you set the tone of how a man is going to treat her, how she's going to allow a man to treat her, how who's going mm-hmm. to how who she's going to pick as a mate, who she's going to choose to procreate, how she's going to do that. Will she do it with because her daddy gave her values and said you wait? Yeah. Because her daddy well, you telling know, her you worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and that's one of the things, and that's why I said that I wanted to definitely have this program. I had the, you know, um, pleasure of going up and seeing my daughter, spending some time with my daughter this past weekend. She's 14, teenage daughter, man, beautiful as she wants to be. You know, I'm I'm loading up and bought me another uh, box of uh, shotgun shells for them, them brothers that come sniffing around my house. 
So I'm just letting them know mm-hmm. she got a daddy that's off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things. And one of the things and why I was looking at, and when I heard about your mentor program, I said, damn, that's right on time. Because um, talking to her, I had introduced her to um, some members, liaison, Minister Khadija, my Minister of Justice, uh, Minister Dr. Justice. I wanted to introduce her to strong active, powerful black women who still maintain or retain their femininity but were involved in the self-determination um, of their people. And, but what I'm hearing is, and, and, and this is my thing to you, because I'm hearing a lot of things, wow, this is why that mentor program is so vital, because what I'm realizing now, and, and, and let me know if you agree or not, that we don't discuss enough health issues in our movement. What do you think mm-hmm. about that, especially as relates to our black women? Yes, yes, and that's one of the things why we we start you start little you start when they're young and and still in health healthy issues and health and hygiene you know you can't imagine like again I work at a doctor's office um, and sisters will come in there and don't know how to wash themselves you smell them cause they weren't taught. They weren't taught to, you know, how to properly clean your yoni. You come mm-hmm. in for a, a pap smear, and everyone smells you in the hallway. You know, that's an issue because you should know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some sisters. I, I got an example. I had a young lady. She was talking, and I was just listening to her. She was like, yeah, uh, such and such, she came to the game, but she smells so bad, and she stinks so bad, and don't nobody want to be with her. And she was, this young lady was getting bullied in school. I don't reach out to her because I want her to come to the Goddess Project. But anywho, um, the lady was like, yeah, well, I call her my Nisi Pooh. I don't know why nobody said nothing to her. I didn't ask her, Mama, why do y'all not, uh, what's going on? Why you not, uh, why she smell like that and blah, blah, blah. And I had to stop her. I said, well, is she on Nisi Pooh? Why don't, that's your obligation to do that. If you see that her mom is not teaching her how to shave her underarms, how to properly wash, how to wash clothing, and you there with her and you come up, you calling her your niece and you not, I have a problem with that. Because as a woman, again, we have a responsibility. I don't care if you can to them or not. You have a responsibility, sisters, to pick up and, and correct the sister when you see something is out of whack. You don't sit there and allow that to happen and you, you see this girl and she obviously she doesn't know what to do because if she did, she would do it. No one wants to be teased for smelling. Right. No right. one wants to get bullied for not knowing how to comb their hair or, you know, for anything. If someone took the time and told her, hey, this is how you wash. If you don't have a washing machine, I'm going to show you how to wash this out in the sink, how to wash your underwear, how to put the other one on, how to shave. If no one taught her that, she's going to continue to do it. So when I asked her, I said, well, what does her, does her mama say? She said, yeah. I said, well, then obviously her mama doesn't care because her mama thinks this is normal. This is a normal thing in this household. So what do you think this young lady, when she decides to have a baby, she has a daughter, do you think she's going to teach her that? No. Because she doesn't know. That's right. That's right. These are things. We all are obligated, universe, to teach. 
each one teach one. We got to stop talking about we're not going to be involved in people's lives or not get involved because we don't want to see nosy or we don't care because we got our own stuff going on. Stop it. Mm-hmm. If you so see that, you what, pull y'all, you pull them to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to say, what do you think? What What do you think is because you were saying something earlier that I totally agree with. You know, I'm I'm, you know, a little bit older, brother, and I come from the the era, and coming in the African community's house, I know everybody you know knows who my my mother and my father is. But we came up. I came up in the era and the time, and even people that weren't in the Panthers, that the community looked out for you. That if you were doing something wrong, they would admonish you. Hell, you might even get a spanking, you know. So mm-hmm. those would think it just was a a part of our how, how we came up. Where did the sense of apathy come in? When where did the thing come in where we just look at these young people go haywire and say, you know what, that's not my business, that's not my concern, I'm going to turn a blind eye. Well, because we don't have a sense of community no more. That's when, you know, again, when the drug trade came in, I seen so many neighborhoods go down so fast, at least here in Detroit. Like one month, you go back over there, it looked like Beirut. Like that's how swift and dangerous that drug trade and those guns and all that stuff when they came into the black community. That's how dangerous it was. Well, we didn't care. We didn't have a community. Now we got a hood. We don't have. Yeah. You know, we got to get back to community building, communal living. You like again, you knew your neighbor will. Now you be like, I'm not getting involved. I'm not saying that. Oh, don't say none of them. Because then guess what? A parent, some ignorant parent, don't say nothing to my child. So, and you know who did that? I would say our generation. Yeah. My generation, yeah. we started that. You can't say nothing to a kid. So a lot of times the elders is even scared to reprimand where they used to can go in and reprimand a child, regardless of what it is. I didn't see you see them on the video. You see it in your neighborhood mm-hmm. in, in life. Well, it yeah. might have said something and the mom would then slap the elder down or curse her out so bad and then wonder why. The kids is in total chaos because they don't have any respect. They're not taught to be respectful. They're not taught to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They're not taught to get up and when you hit the floor, you say good morning. You go to bed, you say good night. Kids don't even have a bedtime no more. Kids stay up. It's four four years old. You stand up at midnight time. You got to go to school and the kid can't even concentrate because he's been up all night gigging with his mama. These are the type of things that's going on in the community right now. Your parents is being friends. They're not parenting no more. We're being friends with them. Everybody's friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, call mm-hmm. mom, they don't call their mama mama no more. They call them by their first name or say girl bad and girl boom to their mama high-fiving. This is the type of things that's going on in real life. In real yeah. life, ladies and gentlemen, sisters, we got to do better for ourselves, for our children. We are the gatekeepers. How are we going to be the gatekeepers and nobody respect? We ain't got no respect for nobody. They didn't cuss grandma out. I just seen that the other day. She stole money for grandma, told grandma she's losing a mask. She's 14. Mm. She's smoking yeah. weed in the house with grandma because grandma can't tell her you can't smoke in my house because grandma's scared of her. I've never heard of that in my life. I've yeah. never heard of that in my life. I said, she's smoking weed. 
The uncle said, yeah, we can't tell her nothing. She's 14. She coming in the house at 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning. I said she's 14 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Well, don't, in the house. No respect. Exactly. And they got this, 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 this government intervention, you know, this government intervention yeah. that where you can't even discipline the children like you used to could discipline. Because I know some of the things you're saying. Had I even attempted, hell, I used to think my mother was psychic. And she even thought I was what? thinking about it. <laughs> you know what I'm we weren't even allowed to think about talking back. Not that, let alone doing it. If we thought about, it, if we had that look in our eyes, you know what I'm saying? You'll find yourself picking yourself up off the floor, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. This is um, Independence Ball Talk Radio, People's New Black Panther Party, uh, with me, your host, Chairman Yanga and Krumah. I have the People's New Black Panther Party, National Minister Health Minister Shamina McCoy. We're talking about revolutionary black womanhood. We're talking about the need for example, man. We're touching on some health issues. There's your opportunity if you have health questions. You sit in her. She's the National Minister of Health, works in a doctor's office, breaking down some things that I had no idea, you know, that uh, the government has sanctioned for our women to put in their bodies, let alone how that process worked and was destroyed. So here's your opportunity to ask those questions, to get to know, and just to figure out if you want to know what it's like being a woman in the revolutionary struggle. Um, call and press one. I'll recognize you. Open up your line. It must be. I see you on the lines listening, so it must be an interesting show. And and we'll just keep it going. But you always have that. Option. Yeah, yeah. I'll call uh, in if I got a question. Right on. Right on. Uh, uh, Minister, yeah, Minister but, you know, yeah. and we get that a lot. We get a lot of people that 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 listen in because we like to break in the funk. So you know, we try to be a very informative radio program. So it's a mm-hmm. lot of times, just people just listen. But I, I have a, um, a question then, you know, and you and I continue to dialogue. I know as a brother mm-hmm. getting out here talking to a lot of the young people uh, and things of that nature, we, um, a lot of people and, and, and things of that nature, I find it difficult. A lot of the young men don't really want to hear it, and they got all of this stuff to say. How is that with the sisters? Do you find the younger ladies um, receptive? You know what, what I'm going to say, um, no, actually, the sisters um, are, like, awakening. Like, I see it in the young people. I see that. I see the lights turning on in them, you know, because, again, they'll come and ask me questions. Hey, Mina, what, what does this mean, you know? What, who was this? You know, my daughter is asking questions about different things. So I see the young people, they they getting some kind of a flavor going on, you know, but we just got to be able to nurture these young, younger, um, these younger kids to, to get politicized, political side, to get, you know, involved, to get active. But I don't see um, it being a problem with a lot of the, the sisters. You know, they they want to know. They like, hey, can we, you say we can buy guns? I want to shoot a gun. I want, you know, you, you tell them, you know. I, I tell them about our father. I tell them about those Fannie Lee hangers. You know, it's so much kids. We have so many righteous sisters, man, that just came up in the movement um, that I admire. And I pass it on, you know, as much as I can to different young ladies. You know, I ask them, hey, you know. And, again, it's just they like it, you know, once again, because they see an example, because they see I take an interest in their lives. I take an interest. What's your grades? How was your grades? You know, I go to their school. I'm going to sit in your class because you your mama told me you was acting up. And they respect me for that. They respect it. 
So I know the power of of being a, a mentor to a child. I know the the spirit when you when you instill something in them and you take an interest in a in a young person. They mind flipper, they'll go on and they'll start respecting, you know, respecting their mama. Their mama was like, I told her I was gonna call you and she was like, Okay, you know and I'm gonna tell you, um, maybe like eight years ago, I was just like, you know, I'm just so good with all these kids, these young girls, because it's just like I felt like I was beating myself up and just constantly saying the same thing to them and predicted what was going to happen, and it would happen. Well, with this one young guy, um, I didn't see him for a long time. And um, he came into my job. He was like, I, he was like, I was hoping you still worked here. Uh, he was like, I just came to bring you something. I'm like, what you come to bring me? He came to bring me his high school diploma. I still have it at my desk. He told, wow. He told his mama told him that he would never be nothing. He would never graduate from high school. And and I looked, and he said, you always told me I can do and be anything. Dream big, because that's my, that's my line. I tell him, what you going to do? Dream big? Ask the little girl, what you going to do? Dream big? You have to plant that seed early. You never speak. You speak life. Speak life into these babies. You speak life into them. You never be like, oh, they can't do, they can't do, they can't do, they can't do. You have to speak life into them. And he said, you was always, he said, anytime I want to give up, I can hear you saying, you can do whatever you want. You can graduate. You can graduate. Well, they were telling him he was stupid and learning and disabled and ADHD. And I told him, no, you're smarter than that. You can do it. You can, you got this. I'll call him. What's your grade? I'll give you the report card. And he respected that. And he brought me his report, his his graduate, his, his diploma, high school diploma. He said, I wanted you to have it. And I was like, wow. man, I couldn't believe it. This young man mm-hmm. will have his master's degree. A master's degree, family. A master's degree coming up. I'm going to his graduation. Amen. Man. I've been going oh, him awesome. that long. And that it made me feel better. And I was like, I can't stop because I did, I know, I did help somebody. You know, and every now and then I get somebody to drop into the clinic, you know, or um, send me a letter because some of them moved to college or something like that, and they'd be like, well, I just wanted to thank you or send me pictures of, you know, they keep in touch. It's like we family, you know, because, mm-hmm. again, I see these people more than I see my own family. This is how much these people, it's a community. My community resources there. If you need some food, they'll come there. You need some clothes? Right okay, on. I might got something. We, we community work, we community service community oriented so they know, they see it. They see I do it. They see I'm out there in the streets, you know, they see I'm representing. You know, somebody asked me today about the ten point platform. Said, Can you bring some? I said, I got it in my other bag, I'll see you tomorrow. Because he said he right was and wanted to learn the ten point platform. Direct, so I know I, I know the work is yes. The work is no, being done, the seeds is being planted. Right on. And that goes back to what you were saying about as far as being an example. Let's go to our phone lines real quick. I believe this is my Minister of Justice, Dr. Justice. Black Power family, uh, I want to say Black Power to the strong queen on the phone. Uh, you really doing your thing. I'd like to, I'd like to uh, address a few of the issues that you said, because I have some um, comments uh, regarding feminism, uh, 
I know that uh, feminism itself, uh, although white women were suffering because they men hate them, <laughs> you know, but by the same token, a black woman was suffering too. You know, we still suffer beneath um, our men a lot of times. Uh, and, and as far as being in the revolution, I've recognized certain situations wherein, um, you know, being the National Minister of Law and Justice, that is a very hated position because you have to be impartial and you have to dole out what needs to be done according to the manual and the policies and the laws of the party. And what happens is when you, when I have tried to um, put those things forward according to the manual, you had these brothers telling me they wasn't going to do it. They'll outright curse you out. They're not doing it. And then they're all band together against you, you know. So there's nothing like, uh, there's nothing like uh, misogyny in the party. That does take place. However, in the People's Black Panther Party, we do have a policy against that. Uh, that doesn't happen. Uh, these individuals, I, I have recognized individuals when, when you do get any type of position, they don't want to talk to you no more. You know, the men don't want to have anything to do with you. Uh, that's just one aspect of revolutionary. Um, and then you want to start calling your feminists, use it out of context. Because as far as I know, what feminism was about, it was about equal pay. You know, I do the work, the same work that this guy does sitting next to me. How come I can't get the same pay? Why I got to make half of what he makes? You know, that was the Mm -hmm. problem for white women. But when it came to black women, not only was they getting less than than the white women was getting, they was also going home and they was having problems with their men because their men was getting less too. So when you go home, you got to shut up. Be quiet. If you didn't, if you didn't have to shut up, then you want to, you get beat up. Well, how many times have we seen all that? We saw that in the color purple. We still see it. Uh, I think a lot of black women have opted not to even be in a relationship because of having to be subjugated uh, because of what they might have accomplished. So when and then when you do speak up for yourself, and I'm talking about in the movement, when you do speak up and say, hey, this is not going, I'm not allowing this, this and this, all of a sudden you are extremely hated. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so when we speak about feminism, I think we need to be clear that uh, it's not so much that black women joined the movement with white women. I think that they had totally, um, not that they even had totally different issues. The fact of the matter was they were both going through the same thing on different fronts. So, but but joining with them was a problem <laughs> because their issues basically, on a basic and fundamental level, yes, we all had the same issues. But by the same token, being black was an added issue. So, uh-huh. when we speak about, um, you know, being women and and brother chairman, black power to you, sir, because you asked all the operative questions, and I can guarantee you that as long as we've been on this subject, I can guarantee you that brother chairman's uh, that the phone calls that the men have dropped off. You know, they got because they don't want to hear it. You know, so and 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 mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, a lot of women don't even want to hear it. They are perfectly happy with um, doing the things, doing things the way that they're doing it, so that they can remain uh, attractive to to black men. <laughs> and the thing is, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of these black men, they they don't they 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 um they claim they don't like these women with the hair and the nails, but it's a damn lie. They do like that. And to the women that's right. trying to be themselves, they will never get a second look. And imagine being a woman and you recognize that ain't nobody going to look at you. You know, they don't care nothing about you. And so we can say that that's low self-esteem, but where is that coming from? You have to watch, this, watch yourself and find out that um, and recognize that you're not being surrounded by assholes before you think your self-esteem is low. 
Because a lot of times that's not <laughs> I remember I remember um, yeah. I went to Jersey and um I had I put a weave in my hair. I had started recognizing that when I looked in the mirror and I didn't have a weave, I was like, Oh my god, I gotta hurry up and get a weave. And this was, and I had to really start to look at myself for a long time before I liked what I saw. So I'm walking down the street after I begin to like what I saw, and here's this guy, and I got a weed. And he's talking about, oh, baby, this and that. And I was really insulted because I said, what do you want? You want the hair? You can have it. The hair. Because that's what it was. And these are the same individuals that are talking about how fake women are. And these men in the movement, and a lot of times black men, all of that shaking their big booties and all of that stuff, that's what gets these women attention. Those of us yes. that don't do that, we have to we have to labor in uh, purgatory, so to speak. <laughs> you know, yes. like there's some guys that's going to look at you and see you for who you are and love you, and there's going to be a whole host of them that ain't going to look at you twice. And that is the, the real situation. And then you ask yourself, uh, a lot of times what women recognize growing up, and we talk about molestation and things of that nature. I remember recognizing that I was a, a girl before I realized that I was black. Because you got aunties, uh, you, you got uncles and, 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 and granddaddies and people like that. And you look around, they want to be sitting on your little titty. You're like, what the hell is going on? So my point is that when you see these women and, 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 and they shake and they behind and whatnot, to us as women, I always said that to my guy. I'm like, look, when we see that, we be like, ew. But men love that. They love it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they do it. They do it for the attention because they know that if they didn't, if they didn't wear those types of clothes, if they didn't do this or that, it would not get any attention at all. And we like support to be known that we're beautiful, and that's what makes them feel beautiful. <laughs> you know. So I'm gonna tell you. For, with for me, for for the with the because uh, I, I that's my argument all the time. We wouldn't wear these type of things. We wouldn't do certain things if if we didn't get a response to by the opposite mm-hmm. sex, which we that's what we do. You know, this is the reason why brothers wear the latest gym shoes, buy the biggest rims, the biggest chains, but to attract the ladies. You know. Um, right. And it's so crazy because the same ones that you attracted to or that you, you take home or whatever, that's what you're into. You can't be upset about the results. You can't. You just can't well, be upset because that's a choice that you make. But what we have well, to even, do is we, we have to start uh, equipping these sisters with, with their own. Be unique. Be you. It's okay to be covered. You can still be sexy and be covered. You still can be this way. You have. They have to have standards, and we don't. We have to be able to give our little sisters standards. And the only way we can give them standards is if they are seeing an example of a woman with standards. You're not going to get out. You're not going to pull up to my house and hunk a horn and come on, I'm about to run outside. They're not going to see me bent over inside the car talking to you. I'm not just not going to do that. You're not going to invite me into no trap house. You know, it it got to that point where we get women that's 30 and 40 years old trying to prove themselves and you sitting up in the drug house, you know, because I have a senator. A, a brother never would come on me like that, come to the trap house and sit in here with me, and we going to sit and drink and smoke and talk about Netflix and chill. I didn't know what that was. Netflix and chill. 
That's considered a date. But they don't have a standard. They don't have a standard. Well, I know that uh, I remember one time uh, this Jamaican guy said to me that when he's raising his children that the environment goes against him. And I raised my children are grown. And I can attest to the fact that I raised them very, very well, and thank God they're not a minister to society and anybody else, but by the same token, that was really rough because the things that they wanted to do, I wasn't having. And because I wasn't mm-hmm. home, I was the police. They told me they called the police, and they would do that. But my point is that um, legislation have, has, has destroyed the, the family unit, and it was done intentionally. It has destroyed mm-hmm. Not so much that we did anything. It is legislation that makes sure that our children are so out of control that we can't do nothing with them and the family unit is destroyed. So when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, blaming anybody, what can, we, what can we do but do what you're doing? And by the time we get to them, they're so far gone that they don't even want to hear what we have to say. I used to do a class mm-hmm. uh, at an experimental school. And there was a kid there, this young guy had three children. And he was in high school, and I asked him to come up to the board and draw a picture of the woman's anatomy. What this dude drew, I cannot tell you outside what it is that. He had no idea about the woman's anatomy, but he had three children. So mm-hmm. um, that he's talking about there, Jay, you're 10. You're 10. What do you mean? Do you know what Jay means? So... Exactly. And I bring I blame Ricky Lake. Yeah, Ricky Lake. And don't forget Jimmy Jones. Yeah, and all Let me jump in here too in this conversation since brothers did come up. And a lot of that is based on, you know, social cultural conditionings. The times when the times had changed when manhood was defined by material. See, when I was coming up, you used to have to have a rap game. You used to have to be able to talk to the young ladies. I remember mm-hmm. we, I would be on the phone hours at a time with Quiet Storm playing in the background, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yo, am I telling on myself? I think I might be telling on myself. I, you ain't lying, though. Yo, and, and we had a slow music band. We used to have to walk the sister home, sit on the sister's porch after school for six or seven hours. You know, we really yes. had that talking as the era of materialism came in, manhood be- began to be defined by your material possession, by brand name, by, like you were saying, uh, Minister uh, Shamita, you know, uh, the rims on your car, how much knock you had in your If you had a car, you know, it was no longer walking to the corner store and buying a bag of chips with the sister. You know, I remember we used to just take walks and talk to the sister and hold hands, and that was mm-hmm. considered a big day, you know. So as that changed, um, then the whole dynamic changed of it. So, you know, there was no longer that moral and ethic, uh, ethical um, standard in the African, in the African the community. It went out the door, and that was by design. But there are brothers who, you know, the same thing you sisters go through, us as brothers go through. I was considered, I probably, you know, I went through my tough thug era, but as far as when it came to women, I would have been probably considered as a lame because I came up in a African communalist society. I came up with strong a strong black woman. My mother, man, probably is one of the coldest. But like I said, she toted a pistol. She was Black Panther to her heart. You know, when 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 my father went underground, my mother held it down. 
held the party down. When comrades came through, it was my mother doing her thing. And she was a very strong black woman and a revolutionary and still never lost her femininity. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about the booty shaking. The, you know, she wasn't one of those that would wear the tight clothing and, and all of that type of stuff, but she still exuded. She still was very feminine, and you could tell that she was a woman and she never tried to tried to replace that. So you have, um, you know, the brothers out there, some of us brothers out there that do celebrate strong black womanhood. But like anything, like you sisters that are pushed, um, in the in the background, and the sisters that are maybe uh, have these shots or whatever you were saying, like you said, developed in a certain manner, or wear certain things, or can make their bodies do certain things, are promoted and pushed to the forefront. So, are, so are those brothers who have the, the same thing, not in physical, but in material possessions, and the brothers who don't subscribe to this, subscribe to this capitalist system, don't subscribe to this materialism, don't subscribe to neighboring like me, anybody that knows Chairman Yang knows I don't personally like that name. I won't wear anything. If it's name brand, you won't know it because I do not wear a, that's why they call it brand. Hell, I think African people have mm-hmm. been branded enough. I don't wear another person's name. I don't do free advertising. You won't see me catch me in a picture with that Nike shit, nothing blazed across my chest, on my back, on my hats or nothing because I don't do free advertising. I won't let anybody brand me. So you'll find brothers like us that share that same sentiment pushed in the background. So I don't think that it's a lack of uh, those brothers who love strong black women. I just don't think we have created our own. We haven't raised that social cultural standard or created our own enough. Or even one of the things, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go back to our sisters, is what I will say about those Jewish people. You can't have a program depicting them in a negative light. They will hit you, the ACLU, the uh, American Civil Liberties Union, and every other Jewish League, the Jewish Defense League, the JDL, and everything else will hit you with an anti-Semitism charge so damn quick can make your head spin. We have to start to be able to control our own image. And we don't, those brothers and sisters like us, and listen to me close, brothers and sisters out there, listen to me, family, we have to control our own image. We have to start hitting them with everything and start boycotting and raising holy hell at things that depict us in an inhumane, savage, and animalistic behavior or life. And I think that that's what's happening. You know, but there are, mm-hmm. speaking for those brothers out there like myself, there are some brothers out there that just admire, adore, and love our strong black women who are setting that example, raising those children, and our revolutionary and and getting the job done. I just want to throw that in there for the brothers, so y'all brothers can applaud me, man. Listen, you're listening to talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to uh, Independence Talk Blog. So, People's New Black Panther Party. I'm your host, um, Chairman Yanga, Nkrumah. We got the People's New Black Panther Party, uh, National Minister Health Minister Shamita. We have our the People's Black Panther Party. We have our National Minister of Justice. Dr. Justice on the line. Chime in if you got questions, comments, concerns, or opinions. Chime in. We'd love to have you be a part of this conversation. I see you on the line. If not, continue to listen and enjoy the conversation. See, I'm going to tell you, look how the evolution went. Uh-huh. We went from black men, black woman, black and beautiful, our black and our proud, right, to fly girl, right, uh-huh. to ditch, to <laughs> right. to be high, to 
down piece to I don't know what yep. else now. But if you you, you see the the the, the monumental label that's been placed on this, a sister rather be she look at me crazy if I say peace queen. Yeah. But if I be like, what's up, bad bitch, or die peace, she's smiling yeah. and you 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 understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We gotta get back to that. We gotta reverse the the way we think. You rather be mm. called a bad bitch and look at me and look at me like I'm crazy while well, I came from another planet because I said, Peace Queen, how you doing, God is like really think well you yeah. like, we gotta think about this. Yeah. We gotta understand that, you know, uh uh Yanger, he brought up the 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 aspect that um you know, uh you know, our images. But the fact of the matter is that not only do we have the Zionists against us, these people, they clan together. It's the Zionists, it's the Protestants, it's all these individuals, they will clan together and come against us in order to keep us subjugated. And that's why those images keep keep popping up on, on TV and other places about uh, women with their, with their body parts out and this and that. Because the average black woman, as I reiterate, the average black woman sees that and be like, ew, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But, as the thing that they should be, and the ones that are weak-minded, and the ones who who whose mother—and I'm not gonna say she did she did it on purpose. Maybe she came up in foster care. Maybe she came up in a situation where the family unit, you know, was just not uh, was non-existent. You know, because of that, mm-hmm. she went by what was 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 socially acceptable for for her. And, and but but in all things considered, there's a lot of pain. And suffering involved in some woman that's on the stage doing burlesque dancing, for lack of a mm-hmm. better word. Um, no, that's what so, I'm saying. You on it? Go ahead. I'm sorry, sis. <laughs> you know, so like, um, whenever I hear a man call a woman a bitch, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you must want to die because the fact of the matter is, no matter what it is that she's doing, the life comes from her, and you came mm-hmm. out of a woman. You know what I'm saying? You came out of a woman too, when I when when but when we you know let me just go back to the revolutionary black woman because we're talking about Earth women um, in one aspect, but the revolutionary black woman is a different woman. She is seen by the Earth men as aggressive. They don't want to be bothered with that. When they find out, <laughs> when the average black man finds out that you're a panther or this or that, you know they really don't want no part to that. They might want to roll in the hay with you. They don't want you as they right. <laughs> they, they don't want that And then when you pick the ones that they wanted For their wife, they divorced in two years And, yeah. and, and yeah. But the fact of the matter is That even in this We fight against a lot of odds When it comes to men When it comes to our men mm-hmm. And I think it's a damn shame That um, the majority of our men And I'm not And I gotta applaud Chandler uh, Yang Because he is not like that You know, I mm-hmm. think he was he reveres woman in a way that makes her um, the queen that she is. But these these other individuals, you know, like the minute you stand up for yourself, as I can be, if I may be redundant, the minute you stand up for yourself, then they start spreading, oh, you're a feminist, you're trying to take over. Well, then, but nigga, wait a second, because you're acting like a nigga. This dude who you take up for has harassed, maligned, and threatened another woman. And we have to mm-hmm. deal with it. And they don't want you to deal with that. And if you try mm-hmm. to deal with it, oh, we're going to bring you up on charges. So um, I say that to say it's very, very hard 
to be a revolutionary woman, you know, a woman in social action, so to speak. It's hard to be that type of woman because um, on so many fronts, you have to fight on so many fronts unless you have somebody that, that's understanding and recognizes what the real deal is and they're not feeding into their own egos. Because a lot of days, that's all that's happening. They're feeding into their own mm-hmm. egos. Right, powerful. Yes, you so, so very true. Um, oh, my goodness. The point that you had made about the uh, when you speak up for yourself, because, I, again, I find that I don't find it as much um, with my organization, with the People's New Black Panther Party. Um, in fact, they, they, they expect you, they want you to take up, you know, do do the right thing. They want you to, you know, take up for yourself, be able to speak out. You know, I have a say in something. If I feel like something is not right, I have no problem with speaking out. But um, previously before, it was a situation uh, where um, I was looked at as a hellraiser or uh, emotional or a shit starter because I'm not taking no shit from you. I'm not going to allow you to speak to me in a certain way. I'm not gonna allow you to, to think that you won't even allow that I won't even let you think you're gonna do this to me. I'm you I won't speak up for myself. And you are so right about that because even um in my field, you know, when I'm in school where I've had my professors would tell me, you know, you being combative or because I'm speaking up for myself or I'm I'm correcting you or I'm addressing something that I feel is wrong. You know, I had a, a Jewish teacher, professor he tells me that the slave narrative, and this man hated women. He was a Jewish man. He just hated women. Um, he told me that the slave narratives, how do I know the slave narratives were real? That this could not have possibly happened. That this some of these things were made up. And I'm like, I concur, sir. I said, well, what about, I so I'm assuming when your grandmother's telling you about the stories about the um, Jewish Holocaust, uh, that should be made up too. That should because you you weren't there and you didn't see any pictures up close and on your own. So I'm assuming that when your grandmother was telling you about what she went through or her mother went through in the in the Holocaust, how she even became, um, I'm assuming that's a, that's a fairy tale as well. How dare you disrespect me like that? You know, and, and he said, "How did you know I was Jewish?" I said, "Because I can tell. I know you're Jewish. I'm looking at you. They might not know, but I know." That man hated me because, and you know what he told me the the first day he when I walked in the door he saw my dreadlocks he seen my RBG bag he seen my you know he seen my uh, my black power uh, he said you're not gonna make it in here you're not gonna um, I suggest you you drop this class because this is gonna be too intense for you and you're not gonna know how to do it I said I will not I will not be denied wow. and I, I get that man tell that whole. That whole semester, when I say I never missed a day, I said I never missed a day. I was on time in the front front and center, fully prepared for class every single day that we met. I was in that man's face. Oh, you! I will not be denied. I will not be denied. Or there's situations uh-huh. where uh, there's situations where, uh, let's say, corporate America, I've been in situations where you had an idea that would generate capital. You know, and, and, and again, um, brothers and sisters, we're talking about um, a woman or a black woman in this world. You know, um, mm-hmm. what I did what I did was, you, if you have an idea that would generate the company money, 
You bring up the idea, and as soon as you bring up the idea, the next thing you know, they're all talking about it amongst themselves, and nobody is saying anything to you. And you're saying, excuse me, excuse me, because you want to get the other parts to it. And, and, and oh, 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 why are you causing, why are you causing a problem? Like, this was my idea. They, they totally negate you, and they start talking among themselves about well, your idea. Well, let me ask this question. Or are you emotional? Let me play devil's advocate because we're coming to last few minutes. And I noticed because you had said something that, had, that, that started me to think. And, you know, we used to talk about how the brothers do and treat our women and how misogynistic and we call them bitches. But what about aren't most of uh, it, it? It's a phenomenon now happening that a lot of these brothers are being raised by women. I mean, you know, what's the correlation to that? Uh, because the man is not home. The black man is not home. I'm sorry, you go ahead, minister. My boys, and there was no man in the home, but what I did was pick and choose certain men mm-hmm. that I wanted but to be around. Here's my question. I mean, let me clarify that. Let, let me clarify. I'm sorry, Dr. Justin. Let me clarify that. Like we're saying, okay, you know, these brothers are causing sisters, bitches, and this and that, and, and Minister Shemita said because the man is not in the house. But, like, so wouldn't them being raised in a single-parent household, make, and, and a lot of times predominantly in the African community, that single parent is a woman, wouldn't they have more reverence for the black woman? Why do we find this misogynistic behavior from a lot of these young men that have been raised in single-parent households? Because of resentment. Society already placed the woman as angry black woman. I don't want you, and we don't we, with the we don't need a man syndrome, or we want to raise them to be what we want a man to be, our ideal version of a man to be. You know, a lot of these young black brothers are coming up resentful of their parents because they may not know the situation. And I'm gonna tell you another reason why it's so much single black a single household. Is because we don't take the time to court. We don't take the time to get to know each other. It's just jump in the bed, clean front, three months later, you getting ready to have a kid by somebody that you don't even know if it's his real name or not. You don't know his <laughs> background. You don't know his his parents. You yeah. don't know his psychological history. You, you know nothing about this man. But, yeah, you're procreating. Or a brother say, oh, my baby mama, because I hate that word, the baby mama. No, that's the mother of your children. That's the yeah. father of your children. But it's because we don't take the time to get to know each other and, and seek, is it, are we on the same? Do we have the same values? Do we have the same goals? Are we going in the same direction? We don't, we're never equally yoked. And that's why we have so much of this baby mama and baby daddy, and I hate her. Had you waited and figured it out, you would have seen that she had a little bipolarism in her. Or you would have seen that this brother hated women. You can ask, we don't, sisters, we don't even ask brothers the correct question. What's your relationship mm. like with your mother? What's your relationship like with your yeah. sister? Do you have sisters? Well, well, What's you, your relationship with your children's mother? If the brother tell you he got two two or three children with a woman and he talk bad about all of them, you need to run away from that brother. Run away. Well, well, the thing about that is when I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to play devil's advocate here. When I had my daughter, I was 16. At 16 years old, you don't know to ask them questions. 
you don't know to ask questions like that, but it was my mother that said to me, she said, do you know this man's family? What is in his background? Do you know anything like that? And I heard it, and it didn't matter. So what is it that, what is that going to matter to a 15 or 16-year-old? Because I believe that's the average age of becoming actors. But my point is, how are you going to be able to tell them, like, Look, what's in, look at what's in this person's background. Do you know this individual? Is there any mental illness? <laughs> you know, things but that... But then I can tell you this. To that I can say, I was 15 years old when I had my first child. Well, I was pregnant. I had him when I was 16 as well. I didn't, I, I didn't have any more children until I was 25, 26 years old. That's when I had my next child. You know, again... You don't repeat the same thing. You can make a mistake. It's okay to, to make a mistake because you didn't know no better. But afterwards, after that, you should know a little bit more better than that because if this man, he met you when you were 15 and he don't want to have nothing to do with you, that should make you leery on anybody. That should make you want to ask proper questions. That should make you want to pay more attention because, hey, guess what? I didn't want to do this by myself. This is very yeah. hard. I'm barely well, developed in my mind and equipped to handle this. This is, again, why I said I'm glad that I had the mother that I did because she helped me and I had support. I knew I didn't want to do that again. Some women don't well, make it. Some women will keep making the same mistakes three mistakes and four over times over. <laughs> That's insanity. I will go, I will go back and, and say so much because of the cultural, social difference. See, you, when you look at back in the days, man, you know, carrots, and the community was involved. First of all, it was a stick in our community to be young and pregnant for men and women, young and pregnant and not married. Mm-hmm. And secondly, and this is out here for you brothers, man, that got yep. sisters. Secondly, we didn't play that. We were whooping niggas' ass. I ain't even going to front. I got two twins, so I will beat you from one end of the street to the other end of the street. You thought you come sniffing around my crib, not right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And when you went to go, you know, so brothers have to step up, man. These sisters got these brothers, man. Brothers got, you know this dude is not right. You know he's not right. And won't say he, nothing. And won't will say not nothing. say Let nothing. Let take this dude, you know, whether it be but sister, why? cousin, why? or whatever. Why won't they Because they're in a situation where they're not loved, but they don't feel loved. That's where they, that's where those problems mm-hmm. come in at. Yeah. That's yeah. where they come The love. Listen, let me go to my, because we got like five minutes. I'm going to go to my phone lines. I'm going to open up the phone lines give you about two minutes. Eight six two one nine one seven. Your mic is open. Yes, Black Power family. This is your brother, National Lieutenant Everest Prom. Just giving home, just showing support to my sister, National Queen Shamita, and just letting everybody know that the people do Black Panther Party under the leadership of Omo Chairman Omo Wally. We don't discriminate or mistreat our women. Yeah, that's right, Black Power. Right, right, Black on, Black I think that you. I think that the sisters. Uh, did I think she did an excellent job of really, really pointing that out and, and letting sure know, you know what I'm saying, that she was like what one of the best organizations that she had been in. And, and I'm gonna tell you this, but you know, for y'all party, as long as, as as I could probably say this for y'all, you know, because I know y'all national spokesman well. That's one thing he's not gonna tolerate is some sexism and some some, some foolishness like that. But listen, we got five, we got five minutes. Um, I appreciate you calling in, brother. Did you want to share anything else before I, I put your mic back on? Now that was it. Now I just want to show support to the um the queen. That's it. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. So, 
you know, with, with these last five minutes, man, I really enjoyed this conversation. I thank you, sister, for coming on and just us being able to chop it up and ask answer ask some of these tough questions, have answers for some of these tough questions. Uh, there again, man, we had this with the People's New Black Panther Party National Minister, Health Minister Shamita, coming on, dropping that thing. In our last couple minutes, Minister Shamita, tell us about your program, and if people want to volunteer, the sisters want to volunteer help, how can they reach out and contact you? Okay, well, um, in regards to the Goddess Project, family is um, launching March 4th. It will be here in Detroit. Um, if you would like to volunteer or interested in enrolling your daughter in the project, please um, inbox me uh, for more information, or you can either uh, inbox my other organization, organizer, um, Jackie Stevenson and Zara May. Um, again, this is under um, the Goddess Project. And it's to empower and equip our sisters with some proper information and knowledge. And I, I, I assure you, this is going to be an awesome program. Um, right on. Under the People's New Black Panther Party uh, umbrella. So I, I really uh, implore you, you know, if you're in the Detroit area or even if you're not in the Detroit area, whatever area you're in, please, please, start putting this program together, implementing this a program into each and every one city across all the 50 states. It's a much-needed program, and I just want to thank you, Chairman, for allowing me to come on and discuss Man. this. This is a very much-needed um, conversation. Very much-needed. Let- and it's just an honor. Right. just want to say black right. power. Oh, man, it, it, was an honor. it was an honor and a pleasure to have you. Let me say this, because like you said, it is a program under the People's New Black Panther Party, but this does uh, reach across party lines and other organizations and this and like black women in general can be involved and participate in this organization? Would they have to be a member yes. of any party or something? Is this, so it's under the umbrella, but it still is like independent and for all the sisters, correct? It's for any and all sisters. You do not have right to on, be a right sister. sisters. You do not have to be a panther. You do not have to. I'm not even asking you to join any kind of panther program or anything like that. I am asking you, though, to allow me to um, help you with your daughter. Allow us to so let's help each other. Let's help raise more productive women and productive citizens. And, again, I'll ask that you all try to implement this program across the 50 states in all of the cities that you're in. This is a much, very much needed program for our sisters. I don't want to never see another sister give up on life when there's so many of us right out on. here that's strong and beautiful. Minister Justice, I just want to thank you. It was a pleasure for me speaking with you for the first time. Um uh, and, and let's be examples for one another. Let's bring back sisterhood, ladies and gentlemen. Well, sisters, my sisters, queens, goddess. So Black, I just want to thank you all Black for power, the opportunity. Black thank power. you so much. And I'm going to be there to help you out. Just um, inbox me. Let me say this. Listen, yes, ma'am. For all sisters, like the sister was saying, it's for all sisters. I encourage all the sisters to get involved with this project. It's it's it, it sounds wonderful. It sounds great. Again, you can catch uh, Minister Shamita, National Minister Health, People New Black Panther Party Wednesdays at eight o'clock on the radio program, spitting out that wisdom, spitting out that fire. Sister, thank you for coming and joining me, sharing your information, your experience, and just uh, showing the revolutionary love. This is your brother, thank you. Chairman, brother Chairman uh, Yang and Kuma, People Black Panther Party. I leave you as I greet you every week, people. All powers to oppress people. African power to an African people and black power. Black power.